Today, we continue to talk about seasons of life. We are in the second phase, the starting lineup. Come join us. Church. Family. Theology. News. Entertainment. Evangelism. If it's Christian, then we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast, and I am Mike Charleston, and I am with my wife, Sarah. Hello, everybody. Now, we are doing something different today, and if you're watching on YouTube, you probably have noticed we're not wearing any headphones, we barely have any microphones in the screens, and we have, we're in our living room, basically. So, we're going to try this and see how it sounds. If it doesn't sound good, we'll go back into the studio, but we don't really have a studio, we have a bedroom. <laughs> so anyway, we're going we're gonna to try this and see how this goes uh, for the first time here, right? Joshua, Josh was over there, so I can actually see him. He's going to have to give me cues here. So anyway, today we are excited. We're going to be talking about our second phase here in the... Seasons of life. Seasons of life. That's right. Thank you. And speaking of seasons of life, we don't really have much going on this week. We, we got back from the wedding, and a number of us haven't been feeling well. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's been going around a little... Nothing major, just sore throat, as you can probably hear in... And our voices, at least my voice. Um, but after the wedding, I noticed I was doing some of the videoing for the wedding. And I spent the whole wedding looking through the little screen. And I noticed I can't see very well. I can see, you know, far with my contacts. But I had to... So we went out to lunch and went next door to the... Walgreens. Yep, to the Walgreens, and I got a pair of reading glasses. So yes, now I look like a professor. So I don't know. What do you guys think? You can leave your comments. Please be kind. Um, so now I can actually read my notes without straining, going back too far. But uh, but anyway, so I've got my reading glasses, and it's kind of appropriate because we are talking about seasons of life. And talking to a lot of my friends, about 45, 47, 48, for some of them, they've started, it just hit, just like that. And now, next thing you know, you're wearing reading glasses. Can't see. Can't see. Which has been kind of a problem for a while, though. Like, the wedding, I think, pushed you over the edge. But for a long time, you've said, I can't see, I can't see. Yeah, I I switched to my grandfather's Bible that I was given, and he has giant print. So I had to, I I read that. But uh, I know Chuck, he uses his phone to read the Bible, and he just makes that bigger. Well, you can't make books bigger. So you got to do something, and until we can figure a way to make books bigger and not on Kindle, uh, I guess I got these glasses. So hopefully, yeah. if if it becomes very important, I have to read something. I have to put on the glasses, so then you know it's serious, right? <laughs> but anyway, no, I, I I don't really like glasses. I, I'm getting not getting used to these at all. Hmm. The I have a pair of glasses, and I just wear them all over. And then if I need to wear something close, I just kind of lift them up. 
If but, you need to look at something close. Yeah, what did I say? If you need to wear something close. If, well, <laughs> sometimes I need to wear something close. <laughs> but when I need to look at something close, I can just take them off and look. But now this is, you can see far. But now when I look through these glasses, I can read things closely, but I can't see far away. Everything's mm. blurry out there. It's so frustrating. I know a lot of you older people are like, hello, welcome to being 45. But I don't like it. Uh, I will say, though, I have to wear contacts because if I don't wear contacts, then you're blind. Everything's blind. <laughs> you know, everything's blurry, and and I'm 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 like blind, so I can only see like this far in front of my face without my contacts. So anyway, that that was what was going on in our week. So exciting for us. Pretty monumental. Now you can read again. Yes, this is uh, not a very exciting week for us. We we did change things up also. Not that you guys need to know this, but we are recording earlier so that the YouTube channel and the podcast can kind of come out in the same time. We're trying to plan it to come out on Monday. We're actually recording it on the weekend. So the uh, so that's why we didn't really have much going on because we're oh, that's what we're, we're going to pick up a Nordic track. a Nordic track from a customer of mine. She's getting rid of a Nordic track. So we will see maybe. Maybe we'll be more fit next week. And uh, uh, I'm curious to see this Nordic track. It's a very expensive piece of equipment. She asked if I wanted it. I'm like, let me ask my wife, which is probably bad. Not a good question. Right. <laughs> do you want a Nordic track, babe? Or do you need one, I should say? I, I, I don't know what the right question is. I think is. want would be better than need. Right. I, I asked. I didn't say you need this, so we're okay. going to go pick it up. No, it was... Uh, so. You've been doing a lot more exercising, and you said, well, hey, I'll, I'll try the Nordic track. So I'll be curious to see how that works. Yeah. Uh, I've never done a Nordic track. We've done, you know, bicycles and the other things, but uh, never a Nordic track. So um, anyway, we'll see how that goes. But we got to go pick that up this afternoon, so that'll be on next week's show, mm. right? Yep. Anything else? Just um, it was good to just kind of relax and not have it. to worry about company we had plenty of company over the last couple of weeks so right. it was just nice just to chill a little bit back to just us yeah and we got news coming up here pretty soon on the mississippi shindig uh, dates are going to be coming out here pretty soon we've been going back and forth about extending it not extending it but just changing up some of the the dates right. but that'll come out here pretty soon so stay, stay tuned. tuned for that <laughs> and uh but other than that when we'll be right back and we'll get into the seasons of life the second stage you're listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast. All right, we are back and we are talking seasons of life. So, Bay, why don't you give us a recap of what we talked about, not a recap, but what did we talk about last week? Well, we started with um, just introducing the topic of seasons of life, and we started out talking to, about the zero to 20 age range, which we call Being the, a child. Yep. We called the training camp. Training camp where you are working your way up, learning, right. and that, I think that's a pretty easy one. Yep. We are going to be talking the second stage, which is the starting lineup, and we'll explain what that is. We're sticking with the sports theme here. Uh, the next two phases, in case you're curious, are the coach and the general manager, so if you know anything about sports, you kind of can tell where we're going with this. But today is the starting lineup. Now, what do we mean by the starting lineup? So last week we talked about the child growing up. 
Right. And the child is learning all kinds of things. And to, to keep with that sports analogy, he's learning the sport. He's learning the basics of the sport. He went to high school. He went to middle school. He went to high school. Then he went to college, and he's playing football, and, and he's Joe Burrow, and he's about to win the Heisman Trophy And uh, for you LSU fans. And so then you have... He's been drafted, and he's going into the NFL, and it's his turn to shine. Mm-hmm. This stage of your life is your turn, your time to, to shine. You are now between 20 and 40. And once again, we'll say this. You know, I think this is obvious. These are all very general. Right. Generalities here. Uh, obviously, you can get started a little earlier, maybe even when you're 18, even 17 maybe. Or maybe you start a little bit later, maybe 25 or something like that. These aren't perfect. But we just use 20-year periods just because we wanted to, and it made sense. So starting lineup, uh, you are now in the game. It is go time. You're, 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 the coach sends you out, and now you are to start living. This is the phase of life where I believe, I think I believe, well, I think I do believe, that you see the most changes that you're yeah. ever going to see in your life, most likely. Yeah. Why do I say that? What happens? Well, all the big stuff. So you decide who you're going to marry. Right. You decide what you're going to do for a living. Right. Where you're going to live. Um, mm-hmm. You start having kids. So all those big, big, big decisions yeah, happen those, right here. And those are total life-changing events. Right. Like when yeah. you're living with your parents from zero to 20, they tell you what to do for the most part. And you do it. They move. You move with them. You know, it's they 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 put on supper. If you don't like it, too bad. Right. But now you're starting to make all the decisions yourself. Yeah. You're on your own. You 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 you're finding a spouse, which is a very important thing. I shouldn't. Yeah. We shouldn't make light of this. This this is a game changer for a lot of people. Right. If you marry badly, not that you can't redeem it. It's not impossible. But boy, are you going to be Treading water here. So you need right. to, to, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Uh, it doesn't say about a husband, but uh, <laughs> let's just assume it's good for both. That if you, if you marry well, this is, this is a very important time to make the right decision. So hopefully your yeah. parents have taught you well. You've, you've learned how to make good decisions, and now you've chosen a spouse. Now, here you go, here's a big decision. Now, for us, this was easy because we're Bible believers. We wanted to have children. Right. So yep. children are now part of the equation. Now, that's a big change in your life. And if, you've, if you don't know that, wait until you have children. <laughs> it's a big change. So you have marriage, you have children, career. You, most, most people in America, that this is when they start their career or figuring out what they're going to do for a living. Right. Um, yeah. Either go to the college and then graduate and then go. Yep. Or they just start working, right? Yeah, kind of uh, like the game of life. You get to decide, do you go to college first? That's right. <laughs> yeah, the game of life. The, this, this whole show is about the game of life. Yep. No, but uh, And then what else? You have cars even. Uh, right. That's on a more simple level. Right, a house. Like, are you going to live in the city, the country? Are you going to move far away from your family? Are you going right. to live close to your family? Like, those are big, big, big things that can... Life-altering decisions. Right. Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah, so this is the phase where this is the, what I also call the family slash carrying out phase. This is where you actually carry out what you believe. Yeah. This is where you find out what you actually believe. For the first 20 years, back in the training camp, you were living basically your mom and dad's convictions, beliefs. And yes, you were probably around 15, 16, maybe even earlier. I don't know. You were starting to develop your own convictions. Right. 
and own beliefs. Uh, you were starting to get to that point, but you really haven't, you won't do that until you're on your own uh, with your own family. Then you'll find out really who you are. Pretty much. Right. Well, and everybody else will find out who you are because you can say all sorts of things, you know, when you're in those teen years and claim to believe a lot of things, but now people are going to actually see what you believe lived out. Yeah, so you have here some big decisions. I know we just talked about that, but let's get a little bit more specific. I mean, you, I guess you already got some uh, specifics, but these are some of the things that we had to consider in our lives, and I'm I'm sure most people are going to have to consider in their lives. Uh, Like, are you going to go into debt for a car, for school? How do you even feel about debt? You know, is, is... Sometimes you don't even talk about these things when you're engaged, which, by the way, you probably should. Um, But you just assume different things. And so how do you feel about debt? Uh, Where we live, we just covered that. That that is a big deal. Yeah. You know, we decided when we got married to to live closer to your parents because we felt family was important. And I wasn't going back to Indiana. It's too cold. It's cold right now. And we live in Louisiana. Um, what are you going to do for a living? This was a, this was a game changer for me. I went to Bible college to be a pastor and because of convictions, um, that kind of changed for getting paid. I still wanted to do ministry, but I went and started working at a pharmacy and it just wasn't paying much. And is this what I want? And then I met a guy that did some window cleaning and I thought, give me a break. Well, 23 years later, 20, 20 years later, I'm, I'm still doing it. Right. And I wouldn't have thought that was my career, but it was. So yeah. anyway, you know, what are you going to do for a living? Who are you married? These are some of the basic questions. What about convictions? How much will you embrace the world with like either movies, TVs, books, and entertainment, etc.? Those things, you are becoming your own person at this point. Right, because now it's not mom and dad say, okay, we can watch this or you can read this. Now you're on your own. You get to make all those decisions for yourself. So what do you believe and where, where do you stand on all those things? Yes, and how will you train your children? This is a big problem in couples. They uh, you know, the husband is the head, but the wife feels like she has a, a say, and she does. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about that? And, you know, so, and will you homeschool? Yeah, we decided to homeschool, obviously. There's a whole episode on homeschooling. Go back and read it. Uh, listen to it. You don't have to read it. Uh, you can listen to it or watch. I don't even know if we had it on YouTube back then, but you can go and, and listen to it. Um, the homeschooling 101, it's a, it's a very good one. But if you choose not to, that's, that's your prerogative. But th- this is important. This is the phase where everything is going, whether you like it or not. Yeah. This is where you are going to make the biggest change. This is the way. And that is the deal. This is the way. We can't do anything else but, but that. We have no choice in the matter. It is part of God's plan that we grow up and face the world right. and get married, have children. So they have children. This is, this, is, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> so anyway. Um, and so like what we talked about last week with the previous 20 years, that was all training. So we, right. we trained for that, and now it's your time. So it's what, what you're going to do with it. Yeah, this is the time where it comes out. Uh, makes you really who you are. And I know we're reiterating that many, 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 many times. So now you're it. What will you do? This is your time. Uh, we're going to get into some more of the specifics on ministry. Uh, that was more my my thing. But I don't want to belittle some of the things that we just bypassed. A lot of these issues are very important and you need to consider. If you are in the 20 to 40 year old range, you know this already and hopefully you haven't failed. 
what what are the convictions you are growing together in? This is, by the way, this is something that you should be doing together if you're married. Right. Is coming up to convictions together. This isn't about me coming up with my convictions and leaving her behind. It's what are we going to do? What are we going to decide what we're going to be? Um, So anyway, that is, this is, all these phases, we could name them transitional phases because honestly, they're all transitional phases to the next phase. I mean, the life is short and it seems like next thing you know, you're 45 putting on reading glasses and you're blind and, and, and then the next thing you know, you're pushing up daisies. So we don't have that much time on this planet and it's, but once again, I want to reiterate this. That these seasons are very important so we don't get confused on where we are at in life. Sometimes we want to step into uh, a different phase a little too early or a little too late and we confuse the the issues here. So that could be a real problem, right, babe? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. God has his way and his order like we've talked about before. And when we stick with that, things work really well. But when we go outside of the order that he has, we run into problems. Now, the one thing I will say that we talked about earlier, that there's no most important phase, right? Right. This is no most important phase. This is every phase is important. If you mess up in one phase, you can really mess up a lot of the phases. Yeah. Now, but this one is where the biggest challenges I believe you'll have in your life because it's going to prove who you really are. The first, the first 20 years can be very challenging depending on what house you're raised in. Um, (laughs) but you're, you, like I said, you don't really have to make a lot of decisions, a lot of choices, Right. You don't have to, you just have to obey. And then as you get older in that phase, you might be making some, some choices and decisions that, that start to make your rest of your life. But when you hit 20, 21, um, you are going to have some big choices to make. Yep. So the decisions made here are huge and will affect the rest of your life. We've said that over and over, but I don't think we can reiterate that any anymore. I and, mean, this is and will like, likely affect many other people's lives. So, for, I mean, for that us, that will affect all of our kids' lives, and that's that's a well, lot. Yeah, of lives. You, you just think about it on a basic level. If I choose not to get married, well, then guess what? There's no kids, so there's right. no, no nothing to affect there. But if I decide to have kids, how I raise them is going to affect them, right? Which is going to affect other people that they meet. It, it's just a, a a butterfly effect. And, and I hate to say it like that, but it is a butterfly effect that if you, your choices and your decisions in life affect others, whether you like it or not, right. uh, we like to think that, no, it's my life. Yeah. Well, it's not just your life. You are affecting people around you. And that's a good thing to remember in marriage that husbands, fathers, remember that just because you're the leader does not make you just do whatever you feel like. You have to consider your wife, your kids, uh, how this is going to affect the church, the society around you, your neighbors. It's a, it's a big burden for guys. So anyway, this is where you are going to figure some of that stuff out. Which does sound very sobering, and it should be because it's things that we should take very seriously. But it is also a lot of fun, you know, like it is. getting married and having your first kids. And then, you know, I mean, just all those those changes can be very exciting. And, you know, it, it should be great. So it's, it's very just, tiring, too. It can be But tiring that's why too. God has this season for young people. Right. That you, can, you can deal with some of these. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, wait until you have kids. And wait until you have three kids in three years, and you're just, you're worn out. But we had seven kids in eight years, 
Yeah. And we just didn't. So that decade, that just the ten-year period, changed our life forever. Obviously, right. And um, so no, it's it is a it's a it's a time of period which is exciting. It's challenging. Uh, this is a time where you should be going and doing different things. At the same time, it is a time to retreat too. Does that make any sense? Did I, I, this is a time where you can be going and doing a lot of different things. You can be doing a lot of ministry for the Lord, but at the same time, you are now starting a family if you have a family. And that is now your ministry. We'll talk about that here just shortly in the ministry part of this, because a lot of people will have questions about, well, if this is go time, then this is the time why I need to minister. Yes and no. We'll get to that. But so anyway, you have here a chart, babe. Why don't you go ahead and 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 tell us what this chart means okay. here? Okay. So I, I wrote down things that it's time to do and then time not to do. So it kind of like goes together. So it is time to pray for wisdom. It's not time to follow your feelings. And Explain that. What do you, so it, obviously the first part, pray for wisdom, is, is obvious. Right. I, I think there's every phase of life you should, but especially right. this time you are... Just because you're done with your learning phase does not mean you're done learning, if that right. makes any sense. You, sh- you should always be learning. Right. But so pray for wisdom for pray sure. Pray for wisdom because you are making all these huge decisions and can have great effects on many people. And these these decisions can make or break your life. I mean, And when it's, you say it's, it's not time to follow your feelings, are you talking about in what regard to making your decisions? Pretty much. I mean, a lot of people just, you know, they feel like doing this. This sounds fun. This sounds whatever. Well, it's kind of time to grow up. It's, you know, you had your time to, time. you had your time to play when you were a child. Now it's time to put away childish things and to, sounds like a Bible verse. And exactly. And time to be a man and to be a woman and yep. to say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to do what feels good. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what I believe God wants me to do. Yes. And part of that is it's a time to seek counsel. Right. And not to think you know best. Actually, there are older and wiser people who have been where you are. And I know as young people, so many of them feel like they... They know what's going on. They know what, what's to come. And, um, but older people have a lot of wisdom. So it's good to seek counsel from other people who have been there and to say, how do I, you know, what do I do in this situation? Don't, you don't know everything and that's okay. It's part of the growing process. So seek yes, counsel. in this time period, the, the problem is that we do think we know best. You just ask 20 year olds and 25 year olds, they all know best. Right. And then when they turn 45, they don't know best. They, 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 they feel like they failed. And, and it is, it is, it's not unusual. I'm not going to say that, but it's, this is the time to seek counsel. Right. This is not the time to give counsel. How many people at this phase between 20 and 40? Now, when you get closer to 40, it might be time to give counsel. Right. But when you're in your 20s, especially, it's not time to be telling people what to do. How about you live a faithful life first? How about you be faithful in what you're doing, and then you can start giving counsel? So this is a time where you need to seek counsel. Read all kinds of books. Behind us are all these books. We've read a lot of books during this time period. This was where we continued our education so we yeah. believed in continued education. So what else do you have here? Um, plan and have a vision. That is what it's time for. And don't just let life happen. You know, yes, have a does, plan. The clock does keep ticking and time does just go on and you can just let life happen. Or you can have a plan and you can say, okay, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. This is where I think God wants me to, right. to aim for. So Now this is easy for me because I'm a visionary. Mm-hmm. 
So I had many visions and uh, many plans, and most of which did not come to pass. And that's all right. But the, the thing is being intentional, that when you're 20, you just think you have all the answers, and guess what? Life is going to happen really quickly, and if you don't have a plan... It's just going to happen. Whether you like it or not, life right. is going to happen. And this is what you should not happen. Don't don't let this happen. Right. It's just like, well, we, we're doing this, we're doing that. And you're always chasing instead of leading. Right. So right. come up with a plan. You can always adjust your plan. You can always change your plan. Absolutely. But it's always good to have a plan. Well, because a lot of people look back, you know, some years into this phase and they'll say, oh, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. Right. And... You know, so you don't want to be in that place. So have a plan, know where you're going and go there. Right. So the next one here is focus on home. Now, that's what it's time for is to focus on home. What it's time not to do is fix and help everyone else. Now, obviously, there's a time to help people. I'm not saying don't help people. But it is a, there's a time to focus on the home. Now, what do I mean by this? This is where it's kind of confusing because this is your phase where you are going and doing. And I don't want to make light of that, that you do have the freedom to minister. Go be a missionary for right. a while. Um, go do some kind of street evangelism. I talked to a fellow at a wedding about this specifically. And it, it is that time. However, if you choose to start a family, then it is time to focus on the family. This is where you need to throw your efforts into your wife, into your kids. It is a very important uh, phase of life. Now, that, having said that, that doesn't mean you stop ministering. If you, if you have a heart's desire to go on the streets, you can still do that. It may not be as much as you want, but right. if, you're not, if you're not ready to stop doing that as much, then don't get married. It's not time to get married for you. Right. It, you still enjoy going out street preaching or you, wanna, you don't want to you don't want to have a woman dragging you down as, as someone told me one time then then you're not ready to get married but marriage is a wonderful union that you can do life together you can do ministry together it's just that when kids come and a wife comes family becomes very important so right. I think this is the, t- the season where you focus on your family we we this was a season where we really stopped ministering now when we went to church trust me I had a lot to say but I was so focused on my family I watched my kids I paid attention to what my kids were doing their attitudes uh, training them uh, giving them Bible this was the time where I focused on my marriage and focused on my children, and I think we're paying—we're not paying—we're uh, benef- getting the reaping benefit, the reaping okay. the fruit uh, right. now because we put the time in for those ten years, uh, and it was—it was very, very, very important. Not that we stopped, but right. it, it now we're just moving on to a different phase. So this is—I think this is a very key one that a lot of young people forget about because they just have kids and they're still young and they want to go and do and they—they they feel like they can. They still have single friends and they want to still have fun. This is a time where it's time to grow up, buddy. You're in the starting lineup. How serious are you going to be that? To go back to the the sports analogy, if you watch football, there's certain football quarterbacks who take it so seriously. They spend all kinds of time in the film room. They know the 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 enemy, not really enemy, the opposition. They know their plays. They are so prepared. And then there's other quarterbacks who aren't as prepared. Who are the ones that make it? Who are the ones that are Hall of Famers? The ones who are prepared. The ones who have put in the, the training. The ones who have put in the practice. Those are the ones that su- succeed. It's not just talent. So don't rest on your laurels and your, your talent. It, it takes time. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of work. This is where you are who you are. 
Right. So anyway, I, I went off there for a second, but is there anything else you wanted to say about that? I mean, I do think, and we're going to get into this in a little bit when we talk about ministry more, but I do think that some people look down on, you know, young moms that are um, just focused really completely on their home and their little toddlers at home. And you feel like, oh, it's kind of a bummer that they've lost their, their taste for ministry. And, um, but that's not the case. This is God's order. And like right. the whole thing that we're talking about here is seasons. And so this is a season and it's okay to, for a season, turn your attention to your kids. That's right. What it's God not wants. lasting forever. Trust me. <laughs> you, <laughs> right. you know, if you live an 80 year life, uh, giving 10, 15 years to your kids is not much. You have a whole life to live. Yeah. So anyway, the next one here is, what do you have there, babe? Be quick to listen and be teachable. And it's not time to be quick to speak and teach. This is where I struggled uh, in my mm. 20s here. I went to Bible college. I, I have more knowledge, quote unquote, knowledge than everybody else. And I had to come to grips with when, when I started learning about these seasons that it is not time for me to take a leadership role. doesn't mean that I don't have anything to say. Right. I still am learning things in the scripture. This is where we had the dead church for a while. Mm-hmm. And when I say the dead church, like I talked about dead to sin for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a lot to say, but I wasn't in leadership. Now, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in ministry because a lot of people get church messed up. Now, if you've listened to the podcast, you know how I feel about church. It's a little bit different than most people, but this is part of it. We think about ministry as being behind the pulpit and all. There's many kinds of ministry you can do, and in this phase, it's more of time to listen. Now, we kind of covered that with, this is time to get counsel, get wisdom, listen, 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 listen. This is not the time necessarily for you to speak. That does not mean you can't preach. If you want to go to the prisons and preach, you want to go in the streets and preach, even in church, it's time to preach. But do you want to give your life over to preaching and being a quote-unquote pastor? Right. Well, and even talking about that in the the way we do church, where we encourage you know everybody, all all the men for sure, to um, have something to share. Even for young men that are in this phase, it's fine for you to share something that God's doing in your life, share Absolutely. scripture that you've been studying. That. Like that would be a good thing. So when I say it's not really time to teach, it's not talking about teaching about a passage that you've been studying through the week. It's right. just trying to take more like the leadership, like you had talked about. Exactly. There's, a, there's a, going to be a time for that, and we'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. But uh, so next one here, the time to mold. I feel like um, Ecclesiastes here, where it's a time, time, time to. to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But time to mold and change your home into what you want it to be. I think we covered this a little bit. This is the time where you are, you got that vision, and you you want to make your home what it wants to be. You have right. the power to do this. This right. is in your power to make your home what you want it to be. It's not time to try to change the world around you. Now, when we say this, this is we're not once again we are not saying you can't go to the abortion clinic. You know, we can't you can't go to the, when the streets. The, when you're at the grocery store, you can give somebody a track, talk to them about the Lord. There That's are fine. no qualifications to. Tell people about Jesus, and there's no time restraint. If wherever you are, if you if that is in your heart, and it should be, then tell people about Jesus. Uh, and what happens, you know, does that mean you can't get involved in Bible studies? And I'm not saying that at all. 
Um, you can still be involved, but just be careful that you're not giving yourself over. Now, I know this doesn't apply to a lot of people, but a lot of kids that I've been talking to are very ministry-minded, and I have to relax them a little bit. And if you lose your family and your kids, what's the point? You want to make sure that this time period, it's, it's a small window that you have, about 10, 15, you get one shot at this, one shot at raising your kids. So let's do a good job. And this yeah. is where you're, you get that, that wisdom. You're, you're still learning, but you're doing it now. You're in charge. How are you going to do this? Yep. So that's very important. Yep. Uh, okay, so what else? And the last one I have is pay attention and communicate with your spouse and your kids. And don't assume everything is good, even if you don't communicate much. This one is huge. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a given, but I assume a lot of things are givens, and we should not just assume that these things are givens. So explain what you mean by pay attention and communicate with your spouse and kids. Well, the pay attention part is you need to be aware of what's going on. You need to, I think everybody should be able to tell when there's strife, when there's something between you and your spouse, when there's something between you and one of your kids, when maybe they're kind of retreating a little bit and they don't seem to want to talk right. a whole lot. You need to pay attention. You need to be aware of that and get on it right away. Like, okay, no, we're not just going to let this go. We're not just going to be quiet for days and let things slip. And um, we need to communicate. We need to say what's going on. What's, you know, how can we make this better? How can, yep. you know, what is it that you need? What am I not doing for you? Or what, what's the problem here? It's and, very we, important. and as parents, we have an advantage when it comes to our children, not so much with the spouses at this point, but with the children, they come quiet. Well, kind of, uh, they come quiet. They don't talk and it takes them years to learn to be able to communicate with you and then to actually put sentences together. It takes them a few years. And then before they really understand what you're saying, it takes even more years. So it doesn't happen all at once. And so you have many years to get to know your child and their tendencies right. and kind of who they are. And you can shape that and mold that. Pay attention. Right. We, we had our kids around us all the time when we heard a little arguing or uh, the attitude of the heart is what concerned me most than more of their actions. Now, we, we obviously corrected their actions, but I wanted their, their attitude. I wanted to, to see where their attitude was. Were they being selfish? Were they being conniving? Were they being deceiving? Uh, the only way to, to know that is to pay attention. Right. Now, to your spouse, if you don't pay attention to your spouse, like most marriages, you're in trouble. If yeah. you don't communicate with your spouse, like, what's the deal, dude? Like, come on, you, you, you spent all this time wooing this girl. You went out on dates. You enjoyed doing this with her. And then you get married and you stop. I, I don't understand that. Your wife, your husband should be the, the, the funnest person to be around, the person that you like to hang around. Why do you have all these other friends? Not saying you can't have friends, but this is your life partner here that you're going to spend the next 60 years of your life, 70 years, you know, hopefully yeah. with, and yeah. if, if you do it right, and if you don't communicate and if you take things for granted, I was just telling a young lady, uh, she was asking some advice and I said, honestly, do not assume, don't assume in anything, yeah. you know, anything just because uh, even some of the subjects you might think that are taboo and you're like, well, we just, we won't talk about that. No, if something is making you uncomfortable in a marriage, you need to talk about it. If something yeah. is you're not sure about, talk about, because guess what? Guys can't read women's mind and women can't read guys' mind. We can't Pretty read much. each other's minds. So if something is bugging me and I keep it in and I keep it in, guess what? I'm not going to talk to you about it. 
I'm going to talk to the lady at the office. That's not good. You should be able to talk to your spouse. If something is on your heart, you need to open up. Yeah, you might hurt their feelings if you have to confess some sin or if there's things in your life that you're dealing with and they realize that you're not the perfect person. Guess what? Either is she. And you're not, she's not. But you can you can work on this together. But if you do not communicate, this is so huge. And I don't know how yeah. else to, to say this, but uh, yeah. this is this is so huge. So don't assume everything is good. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about ministry. The Mike Charleston Podcast. The Mike Charleston Podcast. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you want to be a part of the show, go ahead and email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. That is talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. Leave us a comment, a question, whatever you want to do. Uh, please participate with the show. Thank you. All right, we are back, and we are talking Seasons of Life Part 2. And by the way, if you haven't heard Part 1, go back and listen to Part 1. I think that's a given. Um, but we were talking about it's a time to and what it's not a time to. Not not time to. Um, but part of that is we was getting wisdom and counsel. Well, you have a couple of Bible verses you'd like to read, babe, right? I so do. first one is Proverbs 3.13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Yep. These are definitely going to be in Proverbs. Here's another one, Proverbs 19, 8. He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. And Proverbs 24, 3. Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. Uh, once again, I think these are givens when you're, when you're talking about Christianity and life in general. Right. Wisdom, if, if you don't know that wisdom is a good thing, I don't know what we're talking about. Right. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. Yes. And I think, I mean, for any stage in life, it's important, but especially right here. Absolutely. Something now, counseling. So here, this is interesting. We got a couple of verses here. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. This is a good one. I mean, especially in this phase where... You think you know what you're doing, as we talked about. You think you know, right. but you, maybe you don't. So you're still seeking counsel. This is getting... And, and by the way, when you seek counsel, I'm not talking about amongst your friends, <laughs> your <laughs> you peers. know, your peers. Look for older people who have been doing it for a while and they're faithful and that have godly right. families and they, they know what they're talking about. Look for right. them. Yeah. Proverbs 12:15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Once again, this is that, you know, look at a 14-year-old. He thinks he knows everything, right? You know, if you have a teenager, you you know, they they think they know everything. But right here, it tells you if you you think you know what's right in your own eyes, but a wise person goes and gets counsel. So here we have Proverbs 19.20. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. Yep. So once again, counsel and wisdom. This is a good time. Even though you're done with your learning phase, supposedly, your, the training camp is over, you are always growing and learning. You better be. Yeah. And this is a very important phase to also be learning that, you know, what to do, how to do things. You've never been a husband before. You've never been a wife before. You've never been a father or a mother before. You don't know how it is going to be until you are one. Right. And, and so you're not going to, you, you think you might know, uh, I thought I knew, and then um, I quickly found out. Boy, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I had to go seek counsel, and I read all kinds of books. Uh, I came up with my own philosophy, mixing different things here and there together, and and we are who we are today. And I suggest you guys do that too. Go and seek out counsel. So. What about ministry then? Okay, so this is the time you just said, go, go, go. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit because it can be a little controversial. We have a lot of people, young kids in our own house right now that are ministry minded and they want to go and do ministry. They want to do missions trips. They want to do... As much as we'll let them do or opportunity allows. Right. Now, right now they're, they're not married or anything. So we want to make sure we do it God's way. We don't want to jump the gun and think that we're doing whatever. So we have to have a, a philosophy change for one. And I know you're going to get tired of me hearing about the church and all this, but the church has ruined things for people in many ways. And one way it has is its idea of ministry. We feel like ministry is the guy that's standing behind the pulpit. He's the preacher, the pastor. That's it. That's the only way we can minister. And or, okay, wait, a couple other ones. Mission, you have a missionary, which Mm -hmm. is basically a pastor overseas, or an evangelist, someone who goes and preaches uh, in churches usually, or if you're a true evangelist, you go on the streets and or prisons or wherever and evangelize and pass out tracts, do street preaching, whatever you do. Those are like the three things that we have that are in, in, in church as ministries. Right. Uh, maybe you could add counseling to that too. Nowadays, they have a bunch of counselors on staff, um, but those are definitely white hair people and, and people that are have degrees after, after oh, a bunch of letters after their name. But anyway, so those are like, that's what we call ministry. And so that gets confusing. So when we we're, we're 20, 25, 30, and we want to do ministry, we want to do Bible studies. We want to, we, 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 we're, we're thinking in the context of church, like, well, we got to have a Bible study at the church. We've right. got, I've got to be a preacher behind the pulpit. I've got to work 40 hours as a, as a paid professional pastor. Let me tell you something. This is not your season to do that. We've got verses we're going to be talking about that shows you if you're a Bible believer, this is not your phase to be a church leader. You you are not a church leader at this point. You are still young. You're still developing. And that doesn't mean you can't go street preaching. That doesn't mean you can't do abortion clinic ministry. doesn't mean you can't pass that tracks. Obviously, we would encourage that, and you're still young and have a lot of energy, and you most likely are going to be doing it during this phase of your life, even if you have kids. You can bring your kids out there with you if it's safe. Uh, you can bring your wife with you um, during this phase, too. But at some point, you do have to focus on family, too. But I'm not trying to discourage you from doing ministry, but God has a way. And most people get confused at, at this point, right? Yeah, pretty much. And they get so um, burdened because they have to go to Bible college, then they have to go be on staff at a church, and then they neglect their family, and they're spending all time. Think about church. I mean, when I was youth, I was youth pastoring when I was 19 years old. I was a youth pastor at a church in Minnesota. And think about that. I was 19 and I was in charge of 17-year-olds. That's only two-year difference there. And they're getting advice from me. I have no idea what life is like. I'm just, I'm telling you what the Bible says. What do I know? I am a novice at that point. And the Bible talks about this, that I shouldn't be in that position of leadership. And I butted heads with the senior pastor and uh, because I didn't think he was 
evangelistic too much. Well, he's also 67 or something like that. And But anyways, you know what? The, the, most people don't care about his program, God's program. Why? Because they have their own programs. We have our church buildings, we have our structure, and we don't care. If everybody was doing it God's way, it would be so much better. If I'm doing my season of life, if I'm enjoying my wife and my kids and raising them up, taking that job seriously, and then on the job site, witnessing to the people that I work with, when I go to the grocery store, if I'm sharing my faith, I don't know what comes of that. Maybe a Bible study comes up with from that. That Bible study is not that time consuming. You can do a Bible study. Now, I wouldn't suggest doing it uh, seven hours, seven days a week. But there was a season when our kids started getting older that we decided to minister as a family with the refugees. refugees. We had refugees in our area, and we were working with the Burmese and the Bhutanese, Bhutanese people and the Nepalese people. Right. Uh, but the we started ministering as a family. And that's the other thing I would encourage you as a young young people. Don't buy into the lie of, if you're going to be a minis- uh, missionary... Be a missionary with your family or stay single. You know, don't, it's not your time to get married, but don't do this stuff where the missionary board tells you to keep your kids back in the States and you go, uh, you leave your wife and go. That's nonsense. If you go, you go as a family. Uh, if, if you don't want that, then you're not ready to get married. I'm just, I'm telling you that. But it, you do such a disservice to the family unit by separating them, breaking them up, having someone else raise your kids while you go off and do quote unquote ministry. You do ministry where you live. And if you're ready to move across the seas, then then move across the seas with your family. Do fa- Do ministry with your family, wherever you are. If you're at the grocery store, let your kids see you, you know, witnessing. Let them see you do, do, it doesn't have to be a church program. Ministry is wherever you are, basically. So I don't know, did you want to say something about that? Yeah, well, I just think it's, it's really important. And I understand that you see young people and you see their heart for ministry. And it's really, it's a great thing that, you know, we've, you bring up all these kids and they, they want to serve the Lord. They want to reach the lost. They want to do all these things. And that's great. But I do think that um, sometimes we just have a warped view of ministry. We do. And I, I mean, I know I did. I wanted to be a, a missionary for many years. And then obviously we ended up getting married and I, I never became a missionary, and so. But we did ministry. We did, but it just it, it became very different, and I, I guess I understand I understand ministry in a whole different way now. That God has so many pieces of the puzzle, and and if every Christian would be faithful to to do what he wants them to do where you are. And ministry isn't always going out and passing out tracts. There's also ministry to people that are part of the body of Christ that don't know how to, widows. to widows, um, to, there's just so many things that sometimes we're so narrow minded where we just see ministry as reaching the lost. Well, okay. Once those lost people are reached now, what, like they still have a whole bunch of needs. So if you're just going and reaching the lost, somebody else has to um, now disciple just them. disciple them and bring them up. Well, that's what the problem is. We want, when we talk about ministry, we're usually talking about the dynamic, quote unquote right. dynamic. We want to be seen. Right. But there's so many, you know, we, we did nursing home ministry and people are like, our kids were like, oh, seriously, we to go. It meant so much to these older people. The, the, the old people hardly get to see young people anymore. Right. We throw them away in these nursing homes and forget about them. 
And they just sit there and no one takes care of them at all. And so to go and just quote some Bible verses, sing right. some songs, it give changes, them a little message. It changes their whole day. I mean, those people would sit there and just weep and tell us how thankful they were that they that we would go there and spend. I mean, we were there, what, 45 minutes or something. It was no and big anyone deal. Anyone can do that. Right. Anyone can do exactly. that. Exactly. But uh, and then it just there's there's widows uh, in, in need. Right. out there that we, we neglect. There's so many things out there. There's marriages that are broken. Now, we'll talk about that next phase. Uh, this isn't necessarily the time to be fixing everyone's problems because you're still trying to figure out yours. You need to be faithful in the little. Um, the, so I had this little thing here. It says, we think of ministry as church work. Yep. Hmm. Preaching and witnessing is church leadership. We think of missions and street witnessing as our only ways to minister. This is where we, we, we get confused on these things. This is, we have to change our mentality. Where is a need? If you see a need, fill the need. Now, obviously, in this stage of life, you might have more needs because all of a sudden you've got five kids and you're just like, I need help. Um, or you can be a blessing to someone else. Look around and be a blessing to someone. That is the key. To, right. to, there are many, many ways to minister. It might look a little different than you thought. That is the thing. Now, that doesn't excuse you from not going out, passing out tracks, you know, like, well, that's not my thing. I'm in a different season of life, you know. Well, if, if a group is going out and you want to go, go, man. This is, it's, it's, it's still good to do those things. So then we come to church leadership. Church leadership is a little bit different than ministry. So anyone, there is no qualifications for witnessing to share your faith, there, right. to give a testimony. There is no qualifications. A little child, an unbeliever can do this. Right. You know, I've heard of stories of people who said they weren't even saved yet, and they went out witnessing. And uh, so to give testimony of Jesus Christ doesn't take any qualifications. Anybody can do that. Everyone should right. do that. Right. So that, that's, that's ministry, though. Telling people about the Lord, uh, caring for someone, just going to a nursing home. Is that, is that church leadership? No, that's being a blessing to people around you. But church leadership, now this is where we get confused because we have a misunderstanding of church sometimes. Church leadership is a little bit more for the older people to take control. They, they're running the church. Why is this? Well, if we look in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we have the qualifications of a bishop or an elder or what most people would probably call pastor, whatever, which is not the case necessarily. But here's the qualifications. And one of the qualifications is there is that he has to be a, a husband of one wife. So he's got to be married. Right. Now, a lot of people will disagree with this and be like, oh, you're, you're, you're taking it very literal. Well, I, I am because I, I think you need to be married because I'll explain why in just a second. And it also says to rule your house well. Like, well, my pastor doesn't have any children. Then he's disqualified. I believe he is disqualified to be a leader in, in that respect. Now, he can do ministry. He can teach. You don't have to. There's, you, don't, you can teach and not necessarily be a leader. Um, you can be, participate in a lot of the church activities, but to be in a church leadership role, the whole point of church leadership is to be a good example to the flock. You are running things. If you have no understanding of what it's like to run a household, be right. married to someone, how are you going to relate to people? How are you? Yeah. This is why I think youth ministry is a joke. This is why I think people that are 20 to 30 trying to be pastors is a joke. They don't understand what it's like to have to have a bunch of kids, um, go to work. They don't understand these things. And so for them to jump in and try to help others, it's kind of weird. 
It reminds yeah. me of Bill Gothard, where he was a single man, never got married, and he's telling people how to do marriage and raise kids. I'm like, right. dude, you can have an opinion, and I can appreciate that. You can read the Bible just like all of us, but you have no clue what it's like to right. wake up at 3 in the morning, and your kid is struggling to breathe, and you're not sure if this kid is going to make it through the night, and then you have to wake up the next morning and go to work, and it just the, the, the stress and the pressure of just daily life, you have no clue if you're not married and have kids. So I think the, the, the reason why church leadership is for the elderly, and plus another, another verse in, in, in 1 Timothy there talking about el, uh, being an elder and a bishop, a pastor, whatever, is that they have to show themselves faithful. They have to be faithful. They have to be do- not a novice. That's the other thing is all these young people, when you're 20, I don't care if you've been saved since you were 12, you're a novice because you, have, you, you don't understand anything when you're 12, really. You don't start really understanding until you're 16, 17, 18. You're still a novice. You don't understand these things. So if we embrace our roles, our season of life, things go a little bit more smoothly. I can, I can take this time to focus on my wife. I can take this time to focus on my children, and I can still do ministry. I don't have to worry about being a church leader at this point. I don't right. need that added stress on my life. Right. So this is this is the time for proving. This this age is the time for proving. Do you know what I mean by that? Maybe not. Am I putting you on the spot? <laughs> well, I mean, I think so. When you say it's a time for proving, it's a, it's a time for you to show what you believe and to actually live it out to show, okay, this is, I, I believe how I should raise my kids and have my family. And so you, you live it out, you show it. And then when you get towards the end of this and into the next phase, then it turns into something else where you can give back a little bit, where people Absolutely. come to you. So yep. obviously we'll get into yeah, that we're next We're not week. talking that you can't give back at all. But as, as you get out of this phase, you're starting to move out of this phase. You're going to start seeing, hey, now I'm starting to be a blessing to people below me, younger than me, not below, but younger. Right. And, and I can help them through some of those battles because I've been faithful in this part. This is how the church works. We neglect this. We don't, we don't appreciate the 80-year-old man in the church. You look at some of these more modern churches, they subdivide. You got, you've got churches out there that are full of 80-year-old people. Then you got churches that are full of yuppies. And then you got churches that are just for youth groups. We have subdivided the church so much. We don't appreciate the old hairs. They have wisdom. They have counsel that, that they have been through the battles. They know a lot more than we do. I know that's humbling and like, oh, you're telling me that they know more than me. Yes, they probably do. Absolutely. They have been through the battles a lot more than we have. Now, maybe some of them are novices, they're, they're new believers, or maybe they don't know much. But you know whose fault that is? That's the church's fault because they haven't appreciated the older people as much. And we've lifted up the younger people because we say they're the future. They're the future. And yet we don't bring them into the church service. We keep them separate. Something's wrong here. Yeah. Something there's there's a there's a fly in the ointment here. There there is a problem with how church is run. I'm not here to talk about church, but if we get our priorities in order, things start to go smoothly. They yeah. just do. Yeah. So embrace your your season of life. And if you're in 20 to 40 and you have a comment about this or a question, please you can you can email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org and you can contact us and maybe you have a different view on this and you're like, no man, this is the time to go and blow and you gotta you, you got to have your vision and you got to preach. I'm like, that's fine. You're just not ready to get married, I don't think. Um, but go go ahead and try. But so many ministers have failed at this point and lost their families because the first 10 years of, of their marriage is very vital. 
and they neglect that part. So don't neglect it. Communicate with your spouse. Communicate with your children. Yeah. Embrace this time of change because it's exciting. It is exciting. This it was the it most is. exciting. We just got out of that phase, and it was exciting. We read all kinds of books. We got all kinds of counsel, and now we're starting to change and, and help others. And now this we'll talk about next week, the coaching phase. So tune in next week, and uh, for Sarah... We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast.